63 wins for the Phoenix Suns. In the 54-year history of this franchise, no team has achieved such heights. The 1992-1993 Phoenix Suns hit 62 in their 81st game of the season. The 2004-2005 Phoenix Suns had 80 in 81 games also achieved 62. But no team has hit 63. Matthew, not only did this team do something that's never been done in franchise history, they did it in a sweet, sweet fashion, teasing us for two consecutive games, knowing that the best way to achieve franchise history is to do it against the Los Angeles Lakers and eliminate them from the playoffs. Yeah, the only thing better would have been, oh, man, you said not to F up this podcast. I already did. <laughs> nice, nice and fun. We just start the pod. <laughs> the, only thing, <laughs> the only thing better to really – the only thing to make this better was if LeBron was on the floor tonight, right? I actually – I wanted to talk about where LeBron's going next year other than the, 70, the 63 wins that the Suns just got because – that's what everyone's going to be talking about, right? Not 63 wins for the Suns, but where is LeBron going now that they are eliminated? Which is <laughs> nice, but let's talk about the Suns for an hour, huh? Oh, of course, of course. We're going to talk about everything that's great about this team and, and what they did tonight and how they reminded us that they are the Phoenix Suns. That when they're focused, that when they are engaged, and when they bring the right energy, this team is damn near unstoppable. We saw that again tonight and again, the way that they did it against the Los Angeles Lakers. Trust me, you're going to want to stick around for the subreddit stakeout because there was some crazy shit going on over in Lakerland <laughs> yes. tonight, seeing all the range of emotions that they were going through while simultaneously the Phoenix Suns were responsible for doing so. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. His name is Matthew, my name is John, and you are a jamster. Whether you're watching along live, what you're, whether you're watching along a little bit later, or if you're listening to the, this podcast tomorrow, the next day, three years from now, you're still a jamster. Do us a favor, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And if you happen to be listening along live, go ahead, listening along live, watching along live, hit that thumbs up button. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. It's our, the, the hate is already starting to roll in. I know that I tweeted something. I said 63 yeah. wins. Celebrate the historical significance of that. Best ever in 54 years of the franchise. This season is special. And somebody says 63, but how many chips in the past 30 years? Like, of course, you know, spiteful Lakers fans. How many? I don't really know. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> well, this will be the first year. So oh, I cannot wait. I know. This is a fantastic playoffs. win for the team, a, a historical moment for the team. And Matthew, it's been since game two of the NBA finals in which I was chugging with the fellas. Yeah. And I got to start getting my body used to this again, <laughs> considering that the playoffs are just around the corner. So I assume that you're celebrating in some fashion. You have to celebrate the small victories. I see what some of the Jamsters are saying in the chat, right? Ted Lubin, I only care about 16 wins in the postseason. Yeah, mm -hmm. I care about that too, but I care about the little victories along the way. I've watched this team my entire life, and I've never seen a team put up 63 wins. So you know what? I appreciate that, it. I appreciate it. For that reason, I'm chugging with the fellas tonight. So All right, me too, man. I got my Cholula, Cholula sauce. sauce. Brand new, got to pop this bad boy open. Oh, man. Well, you keep the jamsters entertained while I try to guzzle this thing down. It's All literally right. been since last July do when it. I chugged one of these. Do so, it, dude. This chugging will, with the fellas, uh, ladies and well. gentlemen, to 63 wins for your Phoenix Suns. Cholula sauce really opened up the, the vocal cords tonight. Let me go ahead and pop this open. If I can get this open. <sighs> it burns so good. It burns so good. And that's just going to burn pretty bad. And Matthew, don't chug. chug, chug <laughs> not, go ahead. I'm not going to chug it. Start it's chugging. the only thing I had in my fridge. Okay, so start, start chugging. Fridge. We'll do it during the intro. We'll show All us right. an empty bottle when we're done. Let's talk right. about this win, Suns fans. Cheers. Yes, 63 wins is now 
the mark for the Phoenix Suns. It is history has been made tonight. Again, doing so in the fashion in which they did it, putting the Los Angeles Lakers out like a cigarette butt. Uh, brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask, is this the greatest regular season Suns team in their 54-year history? Yeah, it's probably one of the top teams ever in the NBA history. I have to go back and watch every season now just to see where the Suns rank and how my ranking is ready for next season because this team is special, man. The only thing is... The only thing that you would notice um, looking from afar is a two-game losing streak going into this win, which was just so strange and so crazy. We have to sometimes we have to do this during the season where we have to tell Suns fans, Jamsters, and myself, like everything's okay, right? After the two-game stretch yes. where we were losing, we did not look the same. We sat Booker. It was a weird kind of it was a dark moment this season, the littlest, darkest moment. But still, this is the best season I've ever seen, the best play from any team the most trust I've ever had in any team in in, any, any teams I love my fandom for the Cowboys, for the Mm -hmm. Suns, for the Yankees, all of that. I trust this team the most and they've earned it from last year to this year, from the bubble to last year to this year. It's the same team. They've been playing the same way. They just come out on top every single game in the clutch. Um, By far the best team I've ever seen, man. Yeah. I've again, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I've been watching this team since 1988 yeah, I turned 40 this year. I started watching them right around five, six years old. It's when I first started watching basketball. And I've been through the peaks and valleys uh, every step along the way since then. And you're right. This team is the the affection I have for this team, the, uh, the way that I've watched them execute throughout the entire year is unlike anything that I've ever seen. It's only fitting that they win 63 games with three games to go. Yeah. I'm going to I'll I'm going to read a list a little bit later and talk about the history of 63 plus win games in the playoffs because again, that's what does matter, right? But you still can't be mentioned in that conversation unless you do it, right? And seeing what they've done has been something especially considering that you and I do podcasts together every game after every game. We have a very unique relationship with this team as well. And it's been unbelievably fun during this regular season, which is nearing its close, to sit back and bullshit about this buzzsaw that is the Phoenix Suns this year. They have sawed and carved this league up. Yes, they had a couple ill-fitting efforts over the past two games. But you know what? They left both those games healthy. That's what matters. As we get to the playoffs, that's what matters. Tonight was one of those games where there was definitely some reasons to go out and to put forth the effort needed to to get the win and to put the Lakers out of their misery. And the Phoenix Suns did that. You put a goal in front of this team, they do their best to achieve it. So seeing what they've done, it's been it's been unbelievably entertaining. It's been unbelievably uh, it's been an honor to hang out with you and the Jamsters after every game and talk about this. And it's just something that I, I hope that everybody does appreciate. Because yes, of course. Nothing matters unless you get the championship. I get that. Like, that's the easy answer, okay? But you have to celebrate the small moments. You have to appreciate every step along the way because when you do hoist up that trophy at the end, it's not about holding that trophy. It's the journey that it took you to get there, whether it be this regular season or watching the team since 1988. That entire journey is what makes those moments so special. That's why when you hear teams that win consistently – like the Lakers have in the past, like the Celtics, like other teams in other sports, some championships don't carry the same weight with them. Everybody talks about how their first championship is the one that matters the most. And it's because of the journey and the pain that you went through to get there. And we have a long way to go on this journey, but at the same time, we have to stop and we have to appreciate things like this. Yeah. And uh, how many times do we have to tell, I mean, okay. So it's different from, other teams where they would show up in the playoffs and they would choke. Right. And then they, they would have these great seasons and they would choke and they would choke all the time. Like that, that always happens in sports. That happens in the NBA a ton of times. Yep. I just think the Suns going from the bubble run eight, no, which they're the most clutch team ever for the last three seasons, including the bubble run, the bubble run. If they would have made the playoffs, I think about that all the time. If they would have made the playoffs, what would have happened? What oh, would they who have knows? Gone? Yeah. Who knows? Because we know, of course we had a Chris Paul, but who knows with that team how far they could have gone? They could have gave, they could have made it to the Western Conference Finals. They could have done maybe even more than that. But this team is not a choke 
they're, they don't choke. They don't do that because last year, if you're watching the finals, you might say, oh, they're up 2-0. They choke. No. Giannis is just a cyborg. A cyborg. He was yes. unstoppable in the finals. That's the reason the Suns lost. They didn't choke away. They still played the same kind of game. It's just That's why it's nice to get the 63 wins and appreciate it because we know this team is they're capable of doing anything on the court. They're capable of beating anybody. The only team stood in their way last year, of course, was the Bucks. This year, I don't know who it would be. I don't know what team is really going to stand in the way of the Suns. The way they played tonight, I know against this Lakers team, that was hobbled, injured, whatever. It doesn't matter. They've done this all season long, and there's mm-hmm. nothing in the back of my mind thinking like, man, 63 wins is nice, but I don't know if at the playoffs, I'm really nervous. Like, I don't think that, right? Even though I said probably mm-hmm. last podcast, we might lose the Lakers in the first <laughs> round. <laughs> Who knows? Well, no, I, I'm with you because, again, the difference between the Suns teams growing up as a kid is you knew Michael Jordan was always out there. Mm-hmm. And Michael didn't lose to fucking anybody. And when you have the seven seconds or less Suns, you always knew that when the playoffs came, the game slowed down, and that was of a detriment to what the Phoenix Suns did. The reason they were so amazing is because they would they would jump on teams because if you're not in a seven-game series and you're just playing night-to-night against different teams, the, their style of offense and the way that they attacked you with the pace of play that they did was hard to defend. So they would steamroll through the regular season, and then when the playoffs come and everything slowed down, other teams would grind them to a halt and there was it, it, it would almost it was so frustrating. Those are some of the most frustrating moments of my life is watching those seven seconds or less teams do amazing things during the regular season and fizzle out in the playoffs consistently. And the difference between those teams and this team is this team hangs their hat on defense. This team locks in and locks down when the going gets tough. This is the team that gets tougher. The teams that's always that have always beaten the Phoenix Suns. These are the teams that the Phoenix Suns have become. So again, uh, looking at this game, it was an interesting start because it was another slow start for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they weren't very aggressive on defense, which makes sense. You're not going to be just full court press. You're not going to be going as hard as you can defensively because, again, you're trying to save some of the energy. You're trying to ensure that you're not going full tilt and putting yourself in a situation in which you hurt yourself. And I also think that, it was a choppy first quarter because the refs blow. They they blow whistles, and they blew a lot of them in this game, <laughs> yeah. especially in that first quarter. I mean, you look at it, by the end of the first quarter, the uh, Lakers had, what, 10 free throw attempts? You know, mm-hmm. by halftime, they had uh, a total of 19 to the Suns' eight. I mean, they were just at – they lived at the line, and that's what kept them in this game, and, and they were down by five points going into the half. And then the Phoenix Suns just said, okay, they just put it in gear and just – took off like a Ferrari. Yeah, it seemed like kind of like the last two games the way they started a little bit. Well, I mean, third game, three games ago, they actually started pretty high and then they kind of fizzled out. Uh, other than that, though, the way they started down nine to two and Howard was getting to the line, that was a little yeah. weird. You know, there's there was just the ticky-tack fouls. And, you know, I think it was like, by the end of the first, I think, what was it, like six fouls, Lakers, five fouls, Suns, maybe something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way that the Suns handled themselves and kind of... They're they're at the point where they're playing this game and you don't know really how much energy to give or whatever, of course. But I didn't really think that really going into the second quarter and the second half. I kind of felt finally, I'm like, okay, this team is starting to wake up a little bit. They let the Lakers do their thing. The refs, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say about that because there were a lot of fouls that should have been called, especially against McHill going to the lane. I don't know if it has something to do with his long arms or what, but he's getting hacked. Cameron Johnson got hacked tonight. No calls, no fouls given to the Suns. But that's something that we just have to live with, I guess. I don't know what's going to change that. But the only th- that's the only thing, like, you're, you're right, that kept the Lakers in the game early. And it, it kind of looks a little stanky still in the first quarter, other than maybe Booker and Aiden. Booker looks great all the time, man, MVP, right? He looks great all the time, so I wasn't too worried about him. But it kind of took like a little bit of the second unit to come in. Cameron Payne, I think someone said even on Twitter, it looked kind of gross. I thought he had a good first half. Like he he looked pretty decent out there. But all of them coming together, the first team just looks really solid in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they jumped out to the six point lead really towards the end of the first half because the Lakers were just back to their normal selves to turn the ball over. Yep. Um, Suns were out rebounding them and. 
the Lakers were just taking terrible shots too. So a lot of that. And then in the third quarter, you knew they come out and they were on fire. So after I think about five minutes in the third, I'm like, okay, this one's over for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, that's when it was like, okay, let's go. Let's, let's get the beer ready. Start chugging it with the fellas because we know that we've got this one on lockdown. Uh, a big part of that though, was the efforts of Devin Booker. Big Dick Booker. Devin Booker in this game, 32 points in 29 minutes played, uh, 12 of 22 from the field, 6 of 9 from beyond the arc, Matthew, 7 total rebounds, had 4 assists as well. He just loves playing L.A. I mean, that's why he's the chosen one, dare I say, the chosen son, because uh, he's talking shit to the ben- <laughs> the Lakers bench the entire night long. I mean, he really is yeah. the personification of the Phoenix Suns on the basketball court, the Phoenix Suns fans on the basketball court. He understands what this rivalry means to this franchise, to this fan base, and he takes these opportunities to shove it in their face, man. He does, and it's nice when LeBron's on the sideline looking on. I'm sure LeBron has the thoughts of, man, I wish I can join this team. Me, book, CP3 next year, what do you think? Can I bring Carmelo Anthony? Hell no, stay away. Because I'm, I'm thinking that book is fine with what he brought here to Phoenix and what he can get in the future, too, to really hold this down and have it be something of a dynasty. I'm just saying if they win yeah. a championship, you know, that's that's on his mind. It's like, okay, one championship that they were win this year. What's going to motivate him again to keep going? Uh, but yeah, tonight, I mean, he just looked great. Like his pull-up threes, contested threes, he's making everything. And I don't think I've ever seen Booker perform this way to where everything's contested and everything's going in, right, from three. This last half of the season, he's just been unstoppable from three. I remember when it dipped a little bit, we're like, oh, there's Book back at 37%. Then he just went back up with it. Like yeah. it, just, it came back. So the way Book's been playing, it's something that, I'm I'm so impressed, and I of course the MVP talks out there now from Stephen A. Whatever the yes. Kardashian their their crew is pushing, it's working. <laughs> Stephen A. saying it, Draymond said it. I think today or yesterday on his podcast that he thinks Booker's MVP. Mm-hmm. Whatever those are the three guys, the the Denver Nuggets guy and Giannis and um and also Embiid, <laughs> whatever they're doing with their team, Booker is doing that but better. I'm not talking about just like rebounding. I'm not talking about like uh playmaking and all that. I'm talking about just winning. Yeah. And if people just think Suns have better talent, okay, that's fine. Who made the All-Star game again? Him and him and Chris Paul, but they were they were on the bench, man. So I'm just saying like the talent, yeah, it's there, but it's been in and out just like every other team. The way he's handled himself this year and he comes in and scores the 32 points to put them away, it's just it's easy for him now. He just knows how to win, and he knows how to do it the right way. And that's what he's been doing all year long. Now the attention's on him to get MVP. Of course, I don't know if it's going to happen. It probably won't, because he'll probably sit the last three games, right? I'm thinking, I know they'll have like nine games off, or nine days off before the next playoff series, but I don't know if he was going to play the next three games if it really matters in the MVP voting or not. Well, I know that if he wants to break uh, Tom Chambers' record for most the highest scoring average of Phoenix Suns history with three games left, he would have to average 46.9 points a game. Uh, just throwing that out there. The, oh. the Booker watch it's officially over TC. You did it. You, you're holding down 27.2. I, I think yeah. Devin Booker will play in the next two games. I think the minutes will be definitely restricted and to kind of echo your MVP thoughts, you know, uh, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, uh, when he was asked which NBA player he enjoys watching right now, he says, Devin Booker. I think he's just really mastering who he is right now. He's figured it out, like how to play in an elite level and still win. And I love what Alberto Sauce says live in the YouTube chat. He okay. says, Booker is your favorite player's favorite player. Dame yeah. loves him. KD loves him. Draymond's given him flowers. You know, will it equate to anything? Probably not. Uh, we've had this conversation before. I think that he's going to be a, he's a lock for all NBA first team. But you're right. The way that he has lifted this team, the way that he help this team perform without Chris Paul kind of put that narrative to the side that this is all Chris Paul's doing. And at the same time, he's doing it in a fashion like tonight, 32 points. I don't have to play the fourth quarter, man. That's how good we are. Yeah. That's how good that that's valuable. Okay. So, you know, again, a, a monster effort by him. Anytime he plays the Lakers, he's talking shit. And it's, it's something that I love to see. Another thing I love to see in this game. And this is probably more due to the fact that the Lakers just suck at defending period and they're really bad in transition is the Phoenix Suns were attacking in transition 
And I like to see the ball get out and, and moving. And as some people were saying, campaign didn't look so great tonight. You know, campaign was working more on his distributing with that second team. Campaign, 23 minutes played. It was only two of eight from the field. So, yeah, he wasn't shooting great, but he had 11 assists in this game. And one thing that I think is very interesting, and I, I tweeted this out during the game, is the fact that this is the first time, well, one of the first times, that we saw our second-team unit completely healthy. That's Campaign, Landry Shamit, Cam Johnson, Torrey Craig, JaVale McGee. That five yeah. entering yeah. this game had played a total of 15 minutes together this entire season in four separate games. So they averaged, you know, the average comes out to like three and a half minutes a game. That's unbelievably impressive because games like tonight, these last three games, that is the unit that this team needs to really work on is that unit right there. I'll repeat it. Campaign, Landry Shamit, Cam Johnson, Torrey Craig, JaVale McGee. That is your backup five across the board. If you can develop more chemistry with that with this that unit, this team becomes unbelievably deadly. We've seen it throughout the season. We've seen campaign. We've seen uh, Cam Johnson. Everyone's kind of had their moment in the sun, if you will, but they haven't cohesively joined as a unit, and that's what the Suns need to prepare for as they get ready for this playoff run. Yeah, you know what? That second unit, um, it is something where we've we talked about through the season. Like, who has to get right? Who has to actually get their feet underneath them? Who has to get their shots, you know, to go in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to say, you know, it was always like Shamit, Cam, or now that Cameron Johnson's back, it was him, but then tonight it looked good. Um, this second unit, they, they're going to accept that challenge, right? And I, I'm not going to oh, be yeah. worried because they're going to be playing the last three games more than hopefully 30 plus minutes together. Plus in the first round, now that we got the whole LeBron and AD thing out of the way in the first round, our matchup shouldn't be too difficult. I'm just saying it'll be a, a real one, eight matchup. We're back in the day. The Suns used to play like the Grizzlies every first round. Just sweep yeah. them. Like uh, yeah. hopefully it's something like that. That way this unit can actually really get in sync, but you know that they're going to love the challenge. They're going to love the challenge of like trying to find that chemistry again. And like you said, with juice being in there now, it's just it's something that they have to adapt to, and that's a reason they really haven't played much together because we just got him and then the injuries and all that. I think they're they're looking forward to the challenge and they're trying to find their roles. But what better what a better what better of a team really is it gonna like if you were to ask like me like what what core group would you want coming off the bench to figure this out? It would be mm -hmm. these guys. Oh yeah, because they they want it. They know how to do it because they can find their roles. They they they're good in the locker room. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be anything that's difficult for these guys to figure out within seven to eight games. I feel like before the second round of the playoffs. Well, and also they've all filled roles throughout the entire season. It's just a matter, and, and they've done so well. So it's just a matter of finding where everybody's going to be at. There's there's not going to be points where we're going to see that specific five all at the same time. But it's good yeah. to know that Monty yeah. Williams can do that at any time. It's like and you know it's like a Lockie high lineup change and switch. But you look at them; they put up combined. 43 points tonight of the 121 points scored tonight. 43 came from that second team unit. And that's yeah, valuable yeah. because again, you can, it just shows the depth of this team. It's like, that could be a starting five. It, yeah, that's probably better than the Lakers. That starting five, that, that second team unit is better than the starting five than the Lakers. They proved it, it tonight. Yeah. You know, I mean, so uh, I really think that it's something to keep note of, especially these last three games. That's what I'm really going to be watching. I'm just going to be watching to see how they are gelling because I, uh, it's going to be valuable to this team when we go into the playoffs. Uh, seeing a lot of people talking in the chat. Got to talk about this guy and his 22 points tonight. DeAndre Ayton's another guy who plays well against the Lakers. He went for 22 and 13 tonight, was 10 of 14 from the field. And just when you when you play against the Lakers, he's a guy who plays unbelievably well. And as much as Lakers fans love to jerk off the fact that AD would got hurt in the playoffs <laughs> last year, and that's why they would have won, they, they, I don't think they remember how dominant DA was being in that first couple games. You know, now granted, he was on Andre Drummond, and the reason that uh, AD was cooking it was he was getting switches and and doing what he could to uh, back down Jay Crowder and players of that nature, Torrey Craig and whatnot. But still, DeAndre Ayton looks great when he plays against this team. 
Yeah, and how badly do you think Anthony Davis just wanted to fall on the floor tonight? Oh, pain? the whole time he wanted <laughs> yeah. to. I was just waiting for that, but you could see it on his face from like the second play where he's he was wincing running up the running up the yeah. court with the ball. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I just want to lay down on that ground right now and grab my ankle. Um, but DA absolutely like there's something against LA where he's just unstoppable. Um he he looks so good tonight, and honestly, he's so funny. I just want to say McGee like was recording them uh, last game before they showed up, and they were walking through the stadium, or whatever. And they and he had the video camera out, and it was showing eight, and he just did like a dance or whatever. It just I don't know. I just had to bring that up because it was just so funny, dude. I love this stuff in his post game interview tonight. He's just so jolly and fun. And here I am. Sometimes I give him a hard time, but he was great tonight. And especially when Anthony Davis really can't get up, can't swat any balls. He was basically jumping over him, grabbing the boards. He had the eight points really quickly in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the defensive rebounding too, like in the beginning yes. against against uh, Howard, he was kind of having a hard time trying to find his positioning, boxing him out. And that was the only thing. But then he he did better. He actually used his height. He was jumping a little bit more to get those boards over the guys because he can. Those those two, uh, Howard and Anthony Davis, where they can't really jump over a nickel right now, you can just jump up a little bit and just swat those over to your teammate, just grab those. But he did a better job boxing out as the game went along. And he was fierce. I think it was like the third quarter where he was just grabbing every offensive rebound, it looked like, and kept passing out to Jay for the three-pointer. Um so that's that's playoff DA right there, right? Yeah. That's playoff. That's him. The last two games that two games ago where he played and wasn't really playing because he's just like nothing to play for. 63 wins at home, something to play for against the Lakers. And he stood up and he came in big, came out big tonight. He's a man, dude. And when he's as man, we go dude. towards as we go towards the playoffs, you know, the argument for whether DeAndre Ayton should be maxed out or not will be settled in the playoffs. Period. Yes, I don't care about a Tuesday night in uh, Memphis or a Thursday night in Miami. That's that's when the money's made, and we've talked he, about this all season. Go ahead. No, do you think we're gonna keep him? Though? I mean, I don't want to talk about this now. We can talk about it later. But like Bill yeah. Simmons brought up too, like I he heard thinks it. will be. And you know what? Who knows? I don't know. We'll man. see. We'll, we'll see. see. The 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 playoffs determines whether or not the Suns choose to max him out. That's plain and simple, in yeah. my opinion. Plain and simple. So exactly. uh, another another guy who I, I just we, we got to give this guy his due, his props, his uh, just everything. And then some because I honestly think that he's winning the defensive player of the year. The Mikhail Bridges, I mean, he just he does so much. And he was so fun again to watch tonight. You know, his length, stealing balls left and right. Uh, not even really his offense tonight. You know, he, he went and he had yeah. 10 points. He was five of seven from the field. Uh, he had a couple steals though, that I just thought were really valuable. And I was on Twitter tonight and I saw Sam Cooper, who is from the timeline podcast. He put this out there. He says, Mikhail Bridges has played 611 minutes more than Giannis, 724 minutes more than Jaron Jackson, Jr. 769 minutes more than Rudy Gobert. And 1,004 minutes more than Bam Adebayo. Availability matters. Winning matters. He needs to be on the all-defensive first team. And I don't want to hear any hand ringing about it. He needs to be the defensive player of the year for that. Plain and simple. Mikhail Bridges is your defensive player of the year. I don't think it's even a debate. The MVP thing we can debate about all day long because the word most valuable is different to everybody. But defensive player of the year? Mikhail Bridges, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's without question. It's one of those things where it's like Monty's coach of the year. He's going to win that. He has to. Otherwise, this world's going to flip upside down. I don't understand how that would happen and where he'd get overlooked again. Same thing with Mikhail. Like it started out as a thing early in the season, right? But he's kind of held on to it all year mm-hmm. long. He's kind of just went up another notch every so often, every 10 games. He's just like better and better and better. There's other guys falling out. There's other guys injured. Like you said, the, the game's totals that he's playing are ridiculous. I mean, he's played every game, but I mean, the minutes and how he's overlapping those guys. Yeah. Um, when I watch him on the court, I, I, I don't, he, he looks a little tired sometimes, but I don't know why I worry about that stuff because he he gets up for games like this too, just like DA in a way. And like I talked about it before, he'll get up for those big situations at the end of games where he plays his defense, like at a number 11. Uh, usually he's always at a 10 or a nine or so. He goes to 11 at certain situations. It just makes him 
that just shows the difference between him and other guys in the league where he can take on a lot of dudes like where he was playing ad down low and they tried to I think it was Westbrook trying to throw the ball over McHale. I mean, Westbrook was throwing the ball everywhere, like always, but he was trying to throw the <laughs> ball over to Anthony Davis in the post. And McHale just got up and swatted the ball. Like, yeah, he's everywhere. In these games where the Suns are blowing teams out, it seems like him and Booker are always in the passing lanes now, mm-hmm. tipping the ball, grabbing the ball. They're always just looking for Booker's the next deal. weak side defense has gotten so much it's better. It's insane. It's either him or Mikhail. Like they are always tipping everything out and getting the fast break fast break going mm-hmm. as quickly as they can. And that's one thing. We have Mikhail, defensive player of the year, who can take those have those takeaways and get down the court just as fast as anybody else to finish at the rim. Like that's insane to have on your team. Yeah, and I honestly think that. Mikhail, or I'm sorry, Devin Booker should be on this all defensive second team. I really do. I I absolutely do. I think he's really stepped up. And, you know, again, the players see it. The players recognize it. The players know it. That that guy is a complete player. And Mikhail Bridges, as he's adding to his his offensive game, Devin Booker's done the same thing on the defensive side. And it's just, Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a pleasure to watch. And it's been uh, an epiphany, if you will, as well. So, uh, as you mentioned, great start to the third quarter for the Phoenix Suns tonight. They went and they scored 35 while holding the Lakers to just 22 points. In that quarter, you had uh, Devin Booker, that you know, 16 points on six of nine shooting, including four of five from beyond the arc. Uh, Aiton added the other eight, you know, Mikhail, Jay. I mean, that, that was just the first team cooking. You know, they were plus 19. The majority of the guys were plus 19 in that quarter. Devin Booker played the entire 12 minutes in that quarter, and that was it. You know, I think that I had to write the the game preview for Bright Side of the Sun. And one of the things that I said in that preview is, like, in a perfect world, all of the Sun starters have under 30 minutes, and we blow this team out. Well, here's the Sun starters tonight. Mikhail Bridges, 26 minutes, 53 seconds. Jay Crowder, 23 minutes, 23 seconds. DeAndre Ayton, 26 minutes, 49 seconds. Devin Booker, 29 minutes, 42 seconds. And Chris Paul, 23-51. Mission accomplished tonight. Mission a fucking accomplished tonight. 63 wins. Lakers lose. They're eliminated from the playoffs. And none of the Sun starters went over 30 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. What what a great day. <laughs> That's the way the Suns do it, right? The last two games are kind of a mistake. And if the Suns were to win their 63rd with the way they played last game, like, I mean, just the players they played, it wouldn't mean as much. You know what I mean? And yes. A lot of people don't care about the 63, and maybe I'm going a little overboard that I you know, do, I'm enjoying 100%. it now that they won. I, I just think that the way they did it tonight was perfect. It's mm-hmm. it's the perfect way to a Suns perfect season almost. Like, they just everything they've done this year has just been absolutely perfect. It's been spot on. It has spot on. It has. And again, you know, like it's one of those games or or, I'm sorry, it's one of those days where like if you're a Lakers fan, everything went wrong, right? (laughs) The the, the Spurs are not even playing DeJounte Murray and they blow out the the Nuggets. And like Jokic went for 41 and 17 tonight. So it's not like the Denver Nuggets were not trying. They just got blown out. And then like the Pelicans won. And then uh, there's one other game that mattered to them. And like, they they lost that one too and i'll tell you this matthew if you were hanging out on the lakers subreddit it was an interesting place tonight the sun's jam session subreddit stakeout so there i was hanging out on the lakers subreddit it's a dark place to these days considering the lakers suck ass one of the best things about hanging out on subreddits is you get some of the funniest <laughs> phraseology, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna treat you to some of that. These are some of the things that Lakers fans were saying on the Lakers Suns thread on the Lakers subreddit. Yes, that's what I like to do during games is see what the opposition is saying. One person, I hope people realize that there's not one singular cause to a team failing expectations expectations to this drastic extent Westbrook Frank the front office and roster construction have all played substantial roles in this disgrace of a season but solving only one of them doesn't save this team if we fire Frank and run it back with the same roster it's only going to be the same old shit I'm convinced that only Popovich could do something with this team and that's like right off the bat you know that's this that, that that's how the Lakers fans for the most part that's a good way to verbalize how they see their season because you look at some of their roster, and you know DJ Augustine is on this team. Like I forgot he was on this is team. He? 
you know, okay. and I remember he's like one of those guys, like once upon a time, I think I wrote a piece for Brightside in the off season where I was like, yeah, we should get DJ Augustine from Orlando, <laughs> you know, and he's out there. They got <laughs> yeah. AV Bradley wearing number 20, which reminds me of like the Brian Shaw days. You got Malik Monk out there who is a scrub and was a scrub in Charlotte. I think he had one good game. Hey, I like, I like, I like Monk though. A little I bit. liked him it's coming just, out of college, yeah. but like he just, he was a, a no defense, mm-hmm. you know, scoring type. And I just don't think that it, it worked. So thoughts on that observation of the Los Angeles Lakers from the eyes of a Lakers fan. You know, the only guy to come in here and save, I, I guess to save the Lakers would be Popovich. I, I was going to, I wanted to bring that up before because Popovich won't be in San Antonio, I guess, next year. I was thinking, I'm like, how how good would it – I mean, how – would it make sense for him to go to the Lakers? Because no, there is just style. so much going on. I know. I don't think so either, but maybe not LeBron wants that there. I don't even know if LeBron will be there. But that's interesting they bring that up. And they're talking about Frank and, you know, he's going to be fired too, even though it's not his fault. Um, I it's it's a weird thing, and LeBron like left a few times during the game too tonight. So I don't know. You can't really put the blame on anybody but LeBron for this whole situation. Well, and it's like that Lakers fan said. It's like you can't put the blame on anybody. You can put the blame on everybody, and that's kind of the sentiment in Lakerland. Is everything mm-hmm. went wrong this season? And you know, it's a question that they were talking a little bit on the on the Bill Simmons podcast. And it's a question: Is this the most disappointing team of all time? And I think with the hype and everything that goes around it in the social media area era, I think that's definitely a top three most disappointing yeah. team of all time. I mean, they they are not going to make the playoffs. They have been bad all season long. It would be the more Phoenix disappointing. Suns swept them four games, swept them this year. Yeah, it'd be more disappointing if Anthony Davis was playing and then they actually ended up with this record. That would be more disappointing. That's the only way I can look at it. Otherwise, yeah, it's terrible. And they're going to, I don't know what you do with Anthony Davis because obviously he was hurt. If ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk. Mm-hmm. Next comment from Reddit. <laughs> Anybody else want to see the Lakers end the season on a 10-game losing streak? <laughs> uh, here's another one. Nice. Love taking those awesome fouls and no advantage fast break in a game where you're leading by eight uh, with only three minutes into the game. Just really love that decision-making. Great stuff. You know, it's just that mm-hmm. typical. And that's how Malik, Malik Monk got had three fouls early, and one of them was just on one of those fast break fouls you know so there's like this team doesn't think and then uh after devin booker threw down a a, a the alley-oop where he actually hit his head on the backboard did you see that yeah 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 poor dude so he starts yelling at you know he starts yelling at the lakers and somebody's like what's that little turd yapping about now <laughs> you know that is a thing right yes for opposing teams it's like booker's gonna be that guy now oh so yeah he's he used villain. to it man yes he's, 10 years he's the villain the if stuff. you if you are a phoenix suns fan and you are any form of social media and you dip your toe into mm-hmm. the opposition's subreddits or twitter sphere or facebook or yeah uh, i don't know yelp pages uh they're gonna talk shit about devin booker and you know they they did that but they didn't do it too much tonight he overlapped uh, Paul as that guy already. Oh, with Paul a is just in the corner now. Like you don't even know. Like you don't see him as in the same way as you did in the beginning of the year. I feel like Booker's yeah. just overtaken that. Booker's overtaken because he's the one who is in the national media spotlight. He's the one who, yeah. When you play the Lakers, he's the one who puts the stake in their heart. I mean, he scored forty-seven mm-hmm. points in Game Seven or Game Six last year against them. So yeah. he de- he definitely is somebody who is who. No one will give the credit, but nobody likes either because of how good he is. Uh, it's a, Kevin Thomas just said in the chats because he Booker's the assassin, and you always hate the assassin. Um, Two asses an assassin. <laughs> facts. Spelled that right. Facts. Uh, all right. So then was the good old fashioned uh, Russell Westbrook banter. Westbrook is the o- Westbrook, mind you, is the OG momentum killer. AD was getting hot early. Pass the goddamn ball to him, you bum. He tried. He just over he overshoots everything with his <laughs> with his pass. Yeah, he's not. Everything a just goes out of bounds. He's like, oh, oh, should I throw it? Oh. Then you have somebody fucking Russ can't even shoot with his right, opting to use his left. Laugh my ass off. And then the last one, just fuck you, Russ. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and then this was an interesting observation from Lakers subreddit. Uh, too bad the Lakers didn't have a pick this year to draft a Bridges type player to plug into the starting lineup next season. So even they recognize obviously everybody recognizes what's Mikhail winning Bridges. what's winning yes. works right yes of course uh javel with no regard for midget life i thought that was an interesting comment for midget life yeah i think you have a midget dunked, face he, i think he, i think he dunked on somebody 
Mm, okay. Dunk. But the next comment was, it's so impactful having a backup big like JaVale. Obviously, oh, yeah. Lakers fans know this. They won a championship in 2020 with him, and the energy that he brings in night after night is uncomparable. And then the Jay Crowder slander began. The Lakers do not like Jay Crowder, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, don't forget that this is the team that, uh, you know, LeBron James was clowning on, and the team is now 0-7 since the moment that we're showing on the screen right here, where Andre Drummond is mimicking LeBron James, backing yep. down uh, Jay Crowder in Game 2 of the first round last year, and Jared Dudley's cheering it on. Fuck you, Jared Dudley, for doing that. Uh, so here, imagine being a legit Jay Crowder fan, was one of the comments. Uh <laughs> What here, here this is a great this is a great term. I'm probably gonna start using this a little bit. What an absolute fuckwit Crowder is. <laughs> fuckwit. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh so glad AD kicked Crowder in the sack last year. Jesus. <laughs> it's vicious, dude. Reddit yeah. is like next level, like you know, because you can't There's... like retweet it. So people just yeah. say whatever the fuck. Um I hope Jay Crowder's mom has a terrible day. <laughs> Oh wow, that's like next level. That's that's worse than calling him a fuckwit. Exactly. Uh, is there a faker tough guy in the NBA than Crowder or Chris Paul? Thoughts on that one, Matthew? You know, it's interesting. I don't think Crowder. There's there's a lot of talk when he was on other teams where he wasn't really like the favorite player, right? He was never the guy. I feel like the way we us Suns fans look at him in a way. You know what I mean? The confidence we have in this guy going over seven sometimes. Yeah. The fake toughness. I could see that. I could definitely see that. And me saying that if we're playing against Crowder, I might call him that. Um, I would call Chris Paul the same thing, but all oh, that yeah. goes out the window when they're on your team and they're winning games. Well, every team has their tough guy, if you will, their enforcer. And if you are the opposition, whoever you're playing against whoever their tough guy is, you're typically going to say he's the fake tough guy. We were saying this two games ago about what Dylan Brooks. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I mean, these are the guys who are their, their passion they're, uh, they, they put their body on the line for their team. They stand up for their teammates. And of course we, as fans, we voice that opinion of fuck this dude, fuck this t- fake tough guy. The, the world heavyweight champion, a fake tough guy goes to the Morris twins bar none. Like, that's it. That's it. So, you know, at the end of the day, I really think uh, I really think that Jay Crowder isn't he, he is somebody who the Lakers fans just don't like for obvious reasons. Uh, two consecutive years, as somebody said, son's knocking us out in the first round. Son's knocking us out in the zeroth round, you know, two consecutive <laughs> years. The, the, the Lakers lot, you know, their season ended at the hands of the Phoenix yeah. Suns, you know, and That's it's true. another it's it's another thing that you started to really see uh, in the subreddit for the Lakers was uh, nobody likes the Suns. Fuck them. Irritating losing to the, to those ass wipes. Uh, I despise the Phoenix Suns with every ounce of my body. Suns have officially made it up there to the next or next to the Clippers and the Celtics for the most hated teams. Yes. Pieces of shit. I hope they get bounced in the first round. I love this, dude. you know? So uh, I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the that, enemy for the next that, ten we, years. Yes, it's 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 good to be to play that yes. enemy role. Uh, Suns really played their whole team to spite us. I actually respect that. It was a comment on uh, Lakers subreddit. Um, just sit them and shut it down. We know they don't want to play. Fuck you, THT. Fuck you, Russ. Fuck you, Ramby. Uh, I generally. I would generally package THT and Russ for a singular protected second round pick. Fuck you. So yeah, I mean, obviously Lakers fans are hurting in a, in a way, you know, yeah. and uh, a couple funny comments. Um, I thought I saw one more there. Uh, this is a great comment. You know, that scene at the end of rogue one, when Leia gets the death star plans and they ask her what it is. And she turns around to them and she says, hope. Well, that's, the Lakers are the exact opposite of that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, no, I can see that for sure. <laughs> uh, another one, another one. How do I inform my daughter? She can't go to college because I bet her college fund on the Lakers making it to the finals. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm that sorry, one, Jam- Jamsters. It's a great real. feeling. 
bouncing the Lakers. So it I is. am, I am. Uh, and all the crap of, we've taken as Suns fans over the last forever. forever, the disrespect that we've had to go through with the Warriors, with the Lakers, all these, all these teams. Now it's our turn. It's our turn. I don't care how much disrespect they see on the other end because I, I Booker's just now starting. All right, he's just now starting. Oh yeah, he's entering his prime. Step on everyone's. And nuts. they are a team in that is discombobulated. They, they yes. again, they're a team that's going to have potentially a top four pick. They have like a 26% chance at like a top four pick. And they give it to the Pelicans because they got Anthony Davis. So they yeah. don't have a lot of outs. They've really worked themselves into a corner. It's the four-year rotation of of LeBron James. By the end of four years, everything is just uh, uh, shit, if you will. And then the last one, the worst comment of them all. Worst day in Lakers history since Magic got AIDS is what one Redditor said. That's pretty and then, deep. And then somebody else said, did you forget Kobe dying? It's like, oh, and then the next geez. person said, Christ. So they're hurting. They're hurting real bad over there in Laker Nation. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Sorry. another edition of the subreddit statement. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. I, I do the dirty work. Twice, dude. I love you playing that twice. That's, that's <laughs> I my favorite the, drop. I do the dirty work so you don't have to. Uh, it was it was interesting hanging out, you know, <laughs> seeing that all night long. You're just like, yeah. damn, dude, these guys are. Whew. And I get it because we've been there. We've been those fans who are just like, what the fuck? This yeah. sucks, you know. And you know, at at the other the other side of that though is the Phoenix Suns now have 63 wins. So I thought I would give everybody on here kind of a historical perspective of what 63 wins, what 63 wins, Sands fans, means. Uh, there have been a total, with the Suns winning this game, um, there have been a total of 33 teams in NBA history who have hit the 63 win mark. The Suns are the 33rd. Here's how the prior 32 panned out. Those Of those 32, 16 have won a championship. So if you hit 63 wins in a season, you have a coin flip of winning the championship. That's what history tells us. Now, granted, I know that when you look at this, knowing the history has nothing to do with the present team and every season has a story. But here's what you find. There's been eight teams that have ended their season with 63 wins. Only one of them have won a title. That was the 1989 Detroit Pistons. The other seven teams did not win a title. Only the 85 Boston Celtics made the uh, finals as well. So 63 wins just because you hit that, your odds, you know, it's like 12% chance uh, or it's even less than that. 64 wins, four teams ended with 64 wins. None of them won a title. Okay. Two teams made the NBA finals. 65 wins. Four teams have landed on that mark. Three of them won titles. 66 wins. Four teams landed there as well. And three of them won a ring as well. 66 wins. I think I just said that 67 wins seven times. A, a team has finished with 67 and five of those teams won a championship 68, two teams ended at 68 wins. The 70 or the 67 76ers won the ring. The 73 Celtics did not two teams have won 69 games and both of them won titles and 70 plus wins. The bulls in 96 won 72 games and a title 20 years later, the Golden State Warriors won 73 games and did not win a title. So again, when you hit 63 wins, it puts you in rarefied air. It puts you in this, this conversation of some of the greatest teams of all times. The Suns are the 33rd best team of all time by regular season record with this one. Okay, the last team to win 33 or more, or I'm sorry, 63 or more wins was the 2018 Houston Rockets, who ended with 65 wins and uh ultimately lost to the Warriors. So that kind of historically puts a an understanding of what this win means for the Phoenix Suns. Thoughts on that, Matthew? Oh man, I'm <laughs> holy crap. So you know what? I guess if the Suns were just to win out with these last two games that they would have just actually played hard, they would have ended up with 68 wins, right? That would have been the yes. total. So yes. You know, I'm I'm not really worried about that. Even if you were to say like 63 wins 10 teams have have done it and the 10 yeah, teams have it won doesn't the championship. matter it, it doesn't matter it doesn't it, matter it doesn't matter so i don't think it matters 
<laughs> That's how I'm going to sum it up. I, you know what, the way this season is, and I don't know. I mean, it's not like it's something where it's like the Suns look exhausted. The Suns are tired. They play too much. They're going against these opponents in the West that, you know, they're rest, well rested. They're on, they're, they're hot. They're, I'm scared of them. Maybe the Memphis Grizzlies are that team, but I just, Nothing that I'm looking forward to in the playoffs is telling me that like the Suns don't have a chance to at least go to the finals, right? And at least win it. So all these stats, all the historicals and all that, I just I don't want to even look at it. I don't even want to hear about it, but it's too late because he just read it all off. Yeah, I read all of it. So I unless you, you you should have. <laughs> the you whole should've. time. <laughs> uh cheers to Ted Lubin in the chat. Gave us $16 in the super chat. Ted, we appreciate that. We Thank appreciate you. you always hanging out with us on our post games. He says, I'm celebrating the 63 wins. But here's a dollar for each win the Suns will get in this postseason. That's what I'm talking That's about. Good, man. Yeah. Well, shit. Will somebody give us a win for every one that we've we've won this year? Sixty-three. That's what I was gonna nice. say. That's a way. That's a good way to make up for it, right? If you're not giving us sixty-three dollars, yeah, for the sixteen wins. I mean, um, we got to get Matthew that Cam Johnson jersey. He's showing off the guns. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, yeah, you see Matthew's Frank got the, tank, the dude. he's got the Frank the Tank out. Uh, Frank Vogel coming to Frank Phoenix Vogel. next year. <laughs> <laughs> coming to Phoenix next year. LeBron and Frank Vogel coming to. Coming, coming next year. Uh, before we get into the jam star of the game, a couple things I did want to talk about. One, I know I got a lot of jam steers here watching. I got a question for you guys. Just randomly throwing this out. I was talking a little bit about it on the la- at the end of the last podcast. For those of you who have been faithful watchers of the podcast for a long time, you've seen this background behind me. Uh, it's uh, The sun's great. It's a painting I did at the beginning of last season to create a background for the Phoenix Suns uh, jam session podcast. And you know, one of the questions I have is, if I was to put this on on eBay, would anybody buy this? Because I'm kind of at the point where I want to do something creative. I want to create a new background, and I want to put this out there and see if anybody from the Suns Jam session would actually want to go ahead and uh, purchase that. So let me know your thoughts in the chat. If you're listening, you know, go ahead, DM us uh, at Suns Jam, or you can hit me up at Darth Voida. Any thoughts on that? But thinking about giving that bad boy away. Uh, another thing we wanted to remind all the jamsters before we get into the jam star of the game is, you know, it's that time of year. The hats will be coming. The T-shirts will be coming. You will be going to Just Sports. Use the promo code. The Suns Jam Session podcast is brought to you by Just Sports. Enter the code SUNSJAM at checkout for any of your online orders and receive 15% off of your purchase. That's right. Let them know that the Suns Jam Session guy sent you. Again, that is promo code SUNSJAM when checking out at shopjustsports.com. Why not? Get 15% off. Tell them the jam session guy sent you. Uh, Matthew, did you have any notes that we missed? I need to make a drop for this. Like Matthew, did we have yeah, any notes that you missed? Uh, Chris Paul, just a little little hitch in his yeah, shot yeah. early, but he looked pretty good. Let's, I guess. let's talk about the point guard. The point guard. Okay, let's talk about the point guard. A little hitch in his shot a little bit. That was my notes. Oh, okay. Well, that was the point Look, guard. Brought looked to you a by little Matthew. bit off. Uh, yeah, off rhythm with his shot. Didn't look normal, but he, it looked a little bit better towards the end. But he was kind of hiding in this game a little bit, I feel like. He wasn't doing too much. He was going after some balls, some loose balls. So I'm like, chill out, man. Yeah, chill. he was, he was down in the paint. Yes, yeah. I saw that. I saw, thought the same thing. I'm like, that's yeah. the hand that he injured. I'm like, he's in there poking his hand dude, around. I'm like, <laughs> like, dude, just stay the fuck Falling away. on the floor. I'm like, chill the out all right we'll win this game we don't need you to hurt yourself again save for the playoffs hey man uh real quick somebody's asking the chat adam is asking where's matthew's homies background from so can you tell everybody where the background yeah at craig hamill on uh twitter uh everyone i pretty much knows him right but he does all the sun's artwork he hasn't had anything really new of late this is probably one of his latest features so throw it up on here i got a couple of them actually so if you watch us during the playoffs you will see a lot of and again, you can uh, visit Craig Hamill. Okay, right in the back. <laughs> you can visit Craig Hamill on Twitter. He's got a Redbubble page. You can buy merchandise with that stuff on there. And another thing you can do is if you want to submit some artwork or something to put up in Matthew's background, just shoot it to us at Suns Jam on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'd love to do that. I need new stuff for the playoffs. Yeah, we do. You've been using those same things all season long. It's time for something. <laughs> um, one note I had, I had a couple notes as well. Westbrook, his shot is so jerky. He looks like somebody who releases the shooting button way too late in 2K. Yeah. You know, they jump up. That's and perfect. And it's like on the way down, they shoot it real quick. Yep. Like it's just, I saw he that. jerks his body all over the place too. Like he's just going in every direction shooting those things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of his shot and neither are anyone who is a Los Angeles Lakers fan. <laughs> 
Jam, star of the game. All right, Jamsters, this is a reminder to hit the thumbs up button while you're hanging out here. And that's it. Just hit the thumbs up. If you're not, if you're listening to this podcast, just give somebody a thumbs up. If you have your AirPods in and you're walking around and you see somebody, just give them a thumbs up. Be like the Sun's Jam Session podcast. <laughs> yeah. And they'll be like, what? Be like, leave me alone. I'm shopping. Um, <laughs> who are you giving the Jam Star of the game to, Matthew? Oh, it's Devin Booker. Hey, it's not his year, right, for MVP? No, it is his year. I'm sick of Book waiting, having to wait for the All-Star game, for a first-team All-NBA, for even being an All-NBA player. Give it to the guy right now. Give it to the guy on the best team, the best player on the best team. He's MVP this year. He's the jam star of the game. Yeah, he's really what turned this game, that third quarter. So you know, nice. the, the Suns were – it was interesting because the first half, it was like the Suns just were within three the entire time. And they just couldn't get over the hump. And they finally, at the end of the, the second quarter, got over the hump and went up by uh, five points. Yeah. And then the, the next uh, uh, quarter started, halftime came out, and then Devin Booker came out and just, bam, boom shakalaka right in their face, 16 <laughs> points. Uh, and he, he, no doubt about it. Uh, the Dark Phoenix says DA, and I, I'm, I support that. I think that uh, DA was fantastic again tonight. But yeah, it's Devin Booker today. It's Devin Booker tomorrow. It's Devin Booker for the rest of our All lives. Over my face. It's Devin Booker, the big dick Booker. Uh, next up for the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> we are playing the Clippers. They go to LA. It's actually a game tomorrow. So we'll be right back here hanging out with you, Jamsters, after that game tomorrow. What are you expecting from, from this game, Matthew? You know, Sun side of it, I honestly think they rest. I think we're resting. It's going to be tough. I think with the 63, I really think before this game, I thought if the Suns win, they're going to be resting the next three games and then going to playoffs rested. I still think the same. Um, there's no reason to play this at all. Yeah. Unless you're going by John's historical numbers, unless you want to get to a certain win just because it gives you a better chance to win the championship. <laughs> That's the only reason to really keep playing. I think they rest. I think this bench, we might win another couple games depending on who we're playing against on the court, right? Who is actually be available. No, I, I agree. For the opponent. So I, I say rest, man. We can probably still get a couple more wins. Well, the, this is the way I look at it. You know, one, if you want to go by the historical list, 65 is kind of that number you need to be at because both <laughs> yeah. of the two te- of, the, of the eight teams that finished either 65 and 66 on the season, uh, six of those teams won titles. So that's kind of the sweet spot, right? Like 64 or 65. Or I'm sorry, yeah. 65 or 66. So we have three games less left. This is the one game I say rest everybody, show nothing. Remember when we played the Memphis Grizzlies last week and the and the Warriors last week, and yeah. how the Suns played a very vanilla version of themselves. They weren't over committing to anything. They weren't running sets except high pick and roll and shooting a bunch of threes. Get ready for that t- tomorrow because the Clippers are currently. Uh, the eighth seed in the play-in. They currently are slotted to play against the uh, Timberwolves. And I think it's almost definite that that's going to happen. It'll be the Timberwolves and the uh, the Clippers. So if the Clippers lose to the Timberwolves but beat whoever wins the 9-10 matchup, that puts the Suns playing the Clippers in round one. So why would you, with three games left, show anything that could benefit them? You have no reason to go out in this game. And, and remember that. Remember that for tomorrow, Jamsters. Because we'll sit here and it'll be re- another thing. Total total side note. It'll be really fun to see what Clippers subreddit is like. It's going to be totally different. I actually can't wait to see that. Because the Clippers don't fucking like have, the Suns. Do they even have fans? They don't have fans <laughs> No, they do and they do not like the Suns, man. Because we have been, historically, we have been Clipper killers. I mean, yeah. you think back to those the, uh, the 2007 run when Tim Thomas hit the big three. That was a great Clippers team, the Elton Brand team. Uh, God, who else was on that team? Uh, um, uh, Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell, yep. Sam Cassell was on that team. We have historically had a lot of success against the Clippers. And I will say it will be kind of fun if we do play the Clippers in the first round because we can have Sabrina Merchant on here, and that, that'll be a good podcast. Yeah, talking or about else that we again. just have her on anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> might, as, might as well. <laughs> you know. And then, of course, we beat them last year, so it'll be interesting seeing that. But this is a game where Jamsters don't lose your shit if they don't play well, if they don't show much, because that's exactly what's going to happen. There's no you way. Tonight. You There's salt tonight. Yeah. They brought yeah. it out. Exactly. They brought they they brought everything tonight. It's like one of the Lakers subreddits said, like, you got to kind of respect the Suns for just putting everybody in and trying to beat the shit out of us tonight, because that's exactly yep. what they did. So, uh, yeah, it says 2006, uh, Raja Bell clutch three. 
yeah, those were just some great moments. And again, ultimately left, left us in defeat. So, uh, yeah, we got that. And then after that, we got a couple games. We got the Jazz, and then we got the Sacramento Kings. So outside of that, uh, you know, that, that that's the season, ladies and gentlemen. Start start it. getting your chugging with the fellas ready, man. It's it's going to be yeah. that time of see, year. Matthew, you got to start chugging water with the fellas or something, <laughs> man. Like p- throw some food dye in there or something. Make, get apple juice. Apple juice looks like beer. Oh, you actually want me to chug stuff? Yeah, I'll, I'll chug a beer. I'll chug beers. Okay, dude. chugging with the fellas. I'll get Let's some go. Free beers. Let's go. Let's go, Frankie Muniz. <laughs> some West, West, Westville. Les, Lissy looks like Frankie <clears throat> Muniz. Yeah, totally. I can totally see that, man. What age, though? I mean, I guess he looks the same <laughs> looks from the same five, to, time. five to 50, whatever <laughs> he, he is right now. All the time. <laughs> well, I, I think on that note, Jamsters, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Again, historical night for your Phoenix Suns. 63 wins on the season, eliminating the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, awesome. Just awesome. Fantastic. Yes. Superintendent spaghetti cheese noodle fart uh so on that note remember to subscribe rate and review wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast if you happen to be on apple podcasts rate us five stars write a review we'll read it right here on the podcast give us a thumbs up down below if you're on the youtube channel we appreciate it and we appreciate sharing this time with you the jamsters uh on this historical night make sure you have a fun evening uh chug another beer if you want to and we'll see you tomorrow night yeah go home and love your cholula sauce I will. I think I will. <laughs>